All August long, we're giving away our subscription-only digestible daily show Cubs Pod, which is ad-supported here by the Bleacher Bunch on the Fans First Network. For early ad-free Cubs Pod, subscribe at patreon.com slash sunranto and become a super ranter today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Cubs Pod, a Bleacher Bunch production on the Fans First Network, brought to you by our Patreon supporters all August long and forever. We are your daily dose of digestible Cubs content. I'm your host, Danny Rocket, here to tell you what's happening in the world of the Chicago Cubs on August the 5th, 2023. I want everybody today to go over to Bill Sugis' house and... Let's all have a memorial for Bill Sugis's DVR, which last night was ceremonially burned, blown up, buried, and then dug up only to be hauled away to a landfill where it was crushed with a bunch of baby's diapers to make sure it was dead because it's time to throw that game in the garbage along with Bill's DVR. What a terrible start to this series as the Cubs got shut out 8 to nothing by the best team in baseball or at least in the National League uh the Atlanta Braves. They just kicked our butts. It was not close. Um actually it was close until the 4th. It was 0-0. In fact, not nary a runner had even reached base until the 4th inning when the wheels came off. Normally, we do kind of like a play-by-play recap of what happened in the game. There is no point in doing that today. So, all I'll say is that Kyle Hendricks was perfect until the fourth inning, and then he gave up seven runs, and they were all earned. And if you must know, I figured maybe I'll just go through the fourth inning to let you know what did happen in that fourth, um, you know, so, so that you can commiserate with your friends you're like no actually Ozzy Albies hit a double not a triple you know or whatever you need to say to prove your baseball knowledge but uh top of the fourth started like this for Kyle after not giving up a hit he uh Acuna Jr. singled Albies doubled Austin Riley grounded out but it scored a run one out then Matt Olson god that guy's good I hope the Cubs here thinking about getting him eventually um it, he uh, doubled 2 nothing Atlanta. Then Sean Murphy homered. Atlanta went and got their catcher. We found some scrap heap guys that have actually been doing pretty well. I'm, I'm a fan of D.H. Jan Gomes. We'll get to that in a second and how uh, the lineup looked for the Cubs. So uh, Sean Murphy homered 4 nothing, Back to back with Marcelo Zuna, who homered making it 5 nothing. Then Rosario struck out. Orlando Arcia doubled. Michael Harris, the second, singled. Acuna then came up 
and he tripled. Remember when I said that he doubled before? Well, now he tripled. And then Ozzy Albies lined out to finally end it. Atlanta was winning 7-0. Actually, Acuna singled, then he tripled. It was Albies who doubled. Sorry, I get all my extra base hits mixed up in a seven-run nonsense inning. And Kyle just, you know, one time through the order, and he was good. And then the Braves all got in the dugout, and they said, hey, he's doing this, he's doing that, he's doing the other thing. And the next thing you knew, it was seven to nothing. And everybody that received their stupid-looking, man, they're trying to make the 90s come back. And I know they just are coming back. But in the bleachers, every Friday, they give away a hat. And uh, and in uh, on July 21st against the Cardinals, they gave away a hat that kind of either looked like, you know, one of those push-ups, the ice cream. Uh, it was the color of that or a uh, baby aspirin, I think, would be more the color. This hat was an off mauve pink, a little Golden Girls-y in appearance, a little Miami. Uh, if you put some uh, turquoise with it, it would definitely be Miami. But uh, yeah, so they're they're giving away all these colorful hats, and I was looking at uh, at that on TV, and everybody kind of looks funny, and I I know the kids love this stuff, and it was very popular in the '90s to go around and look like the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I get it, you know. I watched the Cosby Show. I know how Bill Cosby sweaters looked, but you know, we made fun of that stuff back then, and. I did anyway. I'm like, oh, God, these people look ridiculous. And guess what? I still think that. You know, I was more of like a, a tie-dye, uh, what are they, a poncho guy, which is its own set of ridiculousness. But I'm just saying, those bright DI colors, uh, I like them. You guys look great. Keep wearing them. But it's funny that in September on their Friday giveaway against Kansas City. Actually, it's in August. On August 18th against Kansas City, which is the last day they're doing it, after all these turquoise and bright green and orange and pink hats, the last one is just gray. <laughs> I just happened to see that. So what I was looking today. But, um, and um, anyway, I'm totally off of, uh, I'm totally off of uh, script here, but let's get back to the game. I don't even know where I was going with that. I'll just uh, say that the fourth inning was as bad as those hats looked to me. If you want to take a silver lining out of this game, it's that Tucker Barnhart is an amazing closer for the Cubs. Takes the ninth inning, goes one, two, three. No, he um, he he did not give up a run. It wasn't one, two, three, but he he was good. He did give up a hit, so his whip took a little bit of a bite. I, I mean, Tucker Barnhart pitching the game. That is not a silver lining. Um, uh, how about this for a silver lining? If uh, it wasn't for the fourth inning, the Cubs only l- would lose one to nothing. Because, uh, well, I should say, and I know I did at the beginning of the show, Cubs got shut out. They did nothing. So that's why. also why I'm not going through this play-by-play because we did nothing. Uh, Bellinger had two two-strike hits because he's awesome. Um, and it's weird when it, he hits with two strikes, like whereas Anthony Rizzo would choke up at the bat on the bat and just kind of like be a little squirrely about what he was going to do with anything hit to him, kind of like a guy like fending off uh, you know bullets with a lightsaber. Uh, but Bellinger just doesn't use his legs. He uses his arms only, and he pokes out his arms, and he just hits it wherever. And it's it's funny because he's so still. 
And I know that that's something that they're trying to get going with, like, say a Suzuki. They're like, your head is doing the wrong thing. You can't see the ball because you're looking this way. Like, I don't know what they're trying to trying to do with him specifically, but it's all very minute. Bellinger just looks very natural in what he's doing. So I think Sayas should just do what Bellinger's doing. Just look at Belly and do do what he does because Bellinger is good. Sayas Suzuki is bad. Um, Madrigal and Amaya also had hits. Um, Madrigal took a walk at the top of the order, so he was doing his job. Now that I brought up a couple of the Cubs, let's talk about this lineup. It was a Rossi special in my estimation. I don't know why. It's, it felt like a getaway day lineup at the top of the series. Max Freed, who mowed us down in this game, he is just coming back from injury. So it's not like you're you're thinking, okay, well, let's just take the L. We're going to throw away our getaway day lineup and see what happens. And I know the Cubs have played a lot of games in a row, and they're – Really, it's still right in the middle of that, and and they just had a tough series with the Reds, although not that tough because they put up so many runs in some of these games that two of them were pretty much a cakewalk. But let's talk about this lineup. So you lead off with Madrigal. Okay, I'm fine. Let him play second. That you you're giving. Uh, they gave Nico the day off. I understand guys need days off too. Maybe he's dealing with something. I don't know, but Nico took the day off. You, you got to give him. I get it. But to me, you know, he's a young guy. You're facing Atlanta, a really tough team. You kind of want to circle that on your calendar and say, okay, let's put our best nine out there and give ourselves the best chance to win, especially when you know that you have uh, injured Stroman who's not making his start today and that you're going to have a bullpen game. Your best chance to maybe steal a win is on this Friday. And instead, you know, I'm fine with Magical leading off. What I'm not fine with, unless he's hurt or really needs the rest, is Nico Horner not playing. He's better than Nick Magical. He just is. Uh, there's no denying that, even though Magical did a great job in this game. Hitting a walk, he did exactly what he's supposed to do at the top of the order, although the walk was in the ninth inning when the game was already gone. Um. So then you got Dansby Swanson. I'm fine with that. He goes 0 for 3 with two strikeouts. Uh, he does not play the whole game, I should add. Uh, Morell came in and played short for him at the end of the game. And that was one of those get them off their feet in the stretch of a of tough baseball sort of move. But where was this energy? First of all, where was Morell? Because Morell should have also played in this game. And he's got pretty – his splits are not great. And – and I'll just tell you what they are because uh, it is bad. He he does have bad splits, and that's probably why he was not in this game. Um, uh, although it is annoying that he's not given a chance. I feel like it's kind of a small sample size throughout his career because career-wise, he only has 184 plate appearances against lefties anyway. And I get it. That's 89 games. It's half. It's like almost half a season, maybe a third of a season. Um, he, here's what he's slashing, 194, 284, 369, nice for an OPS of 653, 
and that's a 66 OPS plus. Whereas against righties, he's got a 112 OPS plus and is slashing 272, nearly, let's see, 80 points higher. 333 OBP, that's 50 points higher. 513 slug, that's that's 150 points higher. 846 OPS, and you know that's just a totally different hitter against righties. So it's reverse splits for Christopher Morel, so I kind of understand why he's not in there against the lefties. But at the same time, I want to see Christopher Morel in there pretty much every day just because I want him to be able to hit lefties. I think he can do it. Um, I don't know what's going on, why he can't. But anyway, they take Dansby out of the game to get him off his feet uh, in uh, the toughest position in baseball, shortstop. And I get that. But where was this energy during the blowouts against the Reds? They're winning by a million, and they didn't remove anybody from the game. Well, they did. They actually took uh, Dansby out of one of these games, but they left Bellinger. They took Bellinger out of this game, but they left Bellinger in all those other games, all the blowouts. They're like, eh, you know, we didn't trade you, so let's just use your legs. Let's just, you know... uh. So anyway, I don't know. I don't understand the energy of. T- I do understand the energy of taking guys out when you're losing by a lot of of runs, and you've got to. You're going to have to throw your backup catcher in there as your as your ninth inning pitcher. But I don't understand why you don't also do that in um, blowout games. Just it's the same idea. So you got Swan- Swanson, Swanson batting second. Then you have Hat batting third. Hap should not be batting in the beginning of the game. Move Hap down to 7th or 8th. Hap went 0 for 4 in this game. He has only 12 home runs on the season. Okay, we saw dude after dude after dude with over 20 home runs on the Braves coming up against Kyle Hendricks last night. We don't have those guys. Um, we just don't. You know, maybe uh, Belly, I guess, could do it this year. Um yeah, I'm hoping Morell does, you know, hit 20, but we're not even going to have a guy hit 30 on our team, I don't think. They've got multiple dudes that are going to do it. And uh, Hap is definitely not one of them. He's only got 12, and he's batting third. Don't like it. Bellinger batting fourth, fine with it. They take him out of the game later for Mike Tockman, who was not in this game. And also, that makes no sense either, because... Uh, Mike Tockman doesn't have splits. He do, they don't exist. Against lefties, he actually does a little better. OPS plus of 102. Uh, against righties, it's 99. He His OBP is higher ver- versus lefties. Um, his batting average is 30 points higher versus lefties. He slugs a little bit lower, but who cares? His OPS is... Against righties, 729. His OPS against lefties, 732. These are career stats, by the way. Career. So And so were morels that I gave you. So there's no reason Mike Tockman, who really has been one of your best hitters, is not in this game either. None at all. Zero reasons. Also, then you can let Ballinger, if you want him, quote-unquote, off his feet a little bit. Center field is a little bit harder in first base, I would estimate. And you can uh, take Ballinger... And you can throw him over at first base instead of Patrick Wisdom batting eighth, 0 for 3, two strikeouts, which is a theme with him. Although he can get into some, he's only batting 195. So you're not putting your best lineup out there when you've got a guy batting 195. Now, I know he crushes some lefties. You might have liked that matchup. Um, but maybe he's the DH and not your 
catcher, Jan Gomes. Talk about off your feet. This guy's old, and you got him out there DH and taking at bats. You know, why? I don't get it. You Just give him the freaking day off, you know. Uh, you have three catchers. So, anyway, I've got problems with the lineup, as you obviously know. Gomes, after Bellinger, was 0 for 3 with a K. Suzuki, who's been terrible, they let him have one day off. One day off, they're like, oh, let's get his head together. It wasn't enough. They actually need to let Suzuki off for a week. I really do believe that. Like, let him off for a week. Let him watch the game. Let him relax. He looks lost. This is a poorly managed team if you don't know that. Because, I, all right, <laughs> I'll get to, I was going to get to this later. But so I took an airplane yesterday from Orlando, Florida, back home to Chicago. And on my flight, um, and I'm walking around and we're like, the gate changed three times. Uh, it said Charlotte on the gate we were at. Everybody was confused. We're on Spirit Airlines. So I hear Danny. And I look down, who's standing there? Cole Wright. Cole freaking Wright. I'm like, wait, aren't you like supposed to be, you know, doing stuff uh, with the Cubs? And um, he's he actually came down for a big All-American softball tournament for his daughter. So of course we sit there and we talk Cubs a little bit. And, um, you know, he he's like, I don't know if I'm old school. He's like, but I would send the same lineup out there pretty much every day. He goes, and I think, and I said, I, I think we pretty much have the guys that you could probably kind of do that. You know, and your bench is your bench, and you get them in there once or twice a week, rotate guys in and out. But this, like, David, you're not Joe Madden. You're not. You don't know how to do this yet. You don't have 30 years of managing experience. In fact, I would venture to say you barely, you have none because of all those excuses of all those years. You know, this is the first team you've ever been given and you're mismanaging it in my estimation and you don't deserve to have the job at, as Cubs manager. This team is easily, I mean, we are playing so far behind our Pythag, you've got to point at something. And I'm sorry, if there's ever a place to point at a manager for for your playing behind your Pythag, it's this year. And I've never really seen anything like that. And this is what I also said to Cole. I said, what's strange to me? And I said, I've never seen this in all of my years watching and talking about baseball is that it seems that the fans on Twitter will get some idea in their head like, you know, bring Morell up. I can't believe Morell's in the minors hitting dogs. Like, why did Morell not break with the team? Why do you keep letting Fulmer be the closer? Like things like this, you know, uh, that fans think of. And I know oftentimes we're idiots. But this year, it seems like we bang the drum, we bang the drum, we bang the drum. And then like way too late, they do it. And I just, anyway, that's what I was talking to Cole about. Totally random though. But what I was thinking about on the plane later on is like, man, Ricketts really is cheap if Cole's flying spirit. Yikes. Um, anyway, we all got back to Chicago as little as an hour later than we had hoped, but a uh, really nice guy. And as far as the marquee network goes, which I'm not a fan of, I am a fan of Cole Wright. He does a good job. I think, uh, you know, Doug Glanville does. Go- I mean, we talked a little bit about that. I'm like, hey, man, I love that you're bringing Doug on a bunch more. And anyway, Cole's a cool guy. Really enjoyed talking to him again. Uh, comes out to the ball hawk corner every now and again to say hi to the boys. And uh, anyway, 
just good stuff. Uh, Cole, uh, now where am I? See, I've derailed myself yet once again because I will not go in order. I feel like I'm Michael Cotton all of a sudden who just gets bored and is like, let me tell you about the middle of the game and then the end of the game. Then I'll get back to the Cubs offense. Then I'll tell you about the bullpen. <laughs> you know, so we're trying new things here. It's been a long season here on Cubs pod. Um, uh, another silver lining for the Cubs in this game. Hayden Wisniewski, who I was a little disappointed to even see going out there, mostly because Kyle Hendricks, I would have liked to see him long go longer in the game, but you know they obviously had his number after that seven-run fourth inning. Uh, Wisniewski came out, did quite well, gave up a hit and a walk, only one strikeout. That hit was a home run as well, which was the only run he gave up. So, And it was in his last inning inning of work with two outs and a shame that it couldn't end better for him but game was already out of hand anyway um quas and barnhart <laughs> gave up two hits one each quas also gave up a walk uh, got a strikeout but i'm not particularly impressed by hats right uh, and jose quas this thus far um i mean he's got an era in the fours like how am i gonna get excited about that i I don't know who would. Uh, what else happened in this game? I already talked about the defensive substitutions and of Morell and Talkman to get those guys off their feet. Um, oh, yeah, here's some good news. The Brewers and the Reds lose, so we don't lose any games in the standings. Thank you to the Nats and the Pirates. Uh, the Nats walked them off. Not Actually, not walked them off they because they were playing in Cincinnati, uh, I, I believe. And... Um, they scored three in the 10th in a tie game, but they came back late in that game and won. Uh, thank you, Reds bullpen. We definitely saw how you do in baseball games against us this week. And the Brewers lost to the Pirates. So they still got something into them, in them. They beat them 8-4. to four. Today, we've got Pliny the Elder, otherwise known as Bryce, 8-2 and two with a 318 and a 1.19 whip, 89 strikeouts and 121 innings pitched against Javier Assad, who's making his first start since 420. He's got a 324 ERA, 40 strikeouts and 50 innings pitched, and I don't know, a maybe go 70 pitches tops in this game, 65, 60, something like that. Probably depends on how the game goes. Uh, but he's been great. One run in his last 23.2 innings. So what more can you ask for than that? Nothing. You can't ask for more. Uh, they There are no promotions today. And uh, the weather is going to be rainy. So that could also affect how this game goes if there's a delay in the game. But... I, I I will. It looks like the rain comes about nine thirty, gets out of here before game time. So I think we've got a good chance of getting this sucker in. Uh, I, I know they're going to get it in. Braves only trip here, but uh, yeah, it's not going to rain all day. But the bleachers will be wet. Bring a towel if you're going to the game. Wipe off your seat because it takes a lot of napkins. And that's just not environmentally friendly. Bryce Elder, or Pliny, as he was known in ancient Rome, uh, he did very well last time he pitched. Uh, he went seven innings against Milwaukee, 
Gave up one run on four hits, only three strikeouts. He's a pitch-to-contact guy. Hopefully that bodes well for us, and hopefully we have our contact guys in there and not, like, say, um, I don't know, or uh, Patrick Wisdom. Yeah. Who they had mic'd up yesterday and who was about as boring as my toenail. He did have a clunker, a couple of clunkers, earlier in the month against Tampa Bay and Arizona, where they uh, they got him out of the game real early, 3.1 and 2.2 innings. He gave up seven runs in both of those. So hopefully we get that Pliny the Elder. So, uh, But he has had a good year. He's got a 318 ERA, um, and it was well under three at the start of July. This is his first start in August. He's a good pitcher. He's been he's worth three point one WAR. They've got he's only twenty four. I mean, by the way, this dude fifth round twenty twenty. Fifth fifth. Braves know what they're doing. Don't know that we do. Uh, Javier Assad, I told you he's been doing great. Uh, yeah, he hasn't. He, given up a run since July 14th against Boston where he gave up that three hits. That was a home run that he gave up by the way, but he's been good. Uh, he's, I mean, he's, he's been really good. Like in, since an outing against the giants in San Francisco on June 11th, where he gave up three runs, he's been good, really good. What can I say? He had a rough start to the year after the WBC, uh, his ERA, Started the year at 20.25, but that was like the first game, and he had a bad first game. But he got that thing that was hovering around in the fives, really, until July. And he just, every outing going out there, till the now he's got a 324. That's really impressive. He's been nails. I don't know why he's not out there more. But especially like, you know, they use him so stupidly. Ju- July 29th. A game against the Cardinals, which we won five to one. He comes out for point one innings. What are we doing here? What are we doing? Side session? Like what are we doing? So he's been great. Uh, probably could cut down on the walks in my estimation. Twenty three walks in fifty innings. Not great. So maybe he needs new glasses. <laughs> Somebody said the other day that he doesn't even really need glasses. And that would be a surprise to me. Okay, so there's your Cubs pod. I hope you had as much fun as I did. Sorry we, sorry, I jumped around so much, but it's how we do Cubs pod now, I guess. Um, now, hopefully this next game, we'll have to run through inning by inning by inning because it was so exciting how the back and forth happened until the Cubs finally won. That's what I'm hoping for is a great game. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and thanks again to our Patreon supporters who are bringing this show to all you freeloaders who are listening to the ad-supported version all August long. And we're going to take it away from you in September. So if you enjoy Cubs Pod, it's a buck a month, patreon.com slash sunranto. And thanks for all of you that already support us. Have a great Saturday. Spookog! Spookog!